Good morning. So I have to make a comment about the Seth Chef's challenge because I'm going to be part of it. And then I already bought a cooking book that I'm going to review for two weeks, you know, so that I can win the challenge. <laughs> so if you would like to come, don't forget to RSVP. So before we start, I would like you to stand up and then go greet one another, especially the people that you have not met before. And then, you know, introduce yourself, ask the person their name. And then if you are online today, and then you have not been to Connection Church in person, would you leave your name and greet one another online? And if it is possible, please also leave your email, you know, at the uh, message. So my favorite part of preaching a sermon is you just did it, you know, when I see people greet one another because it always warmed my heart since we are here because God's love and we are called the children of God and we are all related because we are adopted by God. So one day, Miles, you know, our little kid, he always said, I'm adopted. I said, yes, Miles, we are all adopted. And then he was just like, really? Yes, we are all adopted by God. So seeing all of you today just like reminds me of the day of Pentecost in the first century. Because, you know, if you can look around, even though the majority of our congregation are Caucasian, but we have people from other countries as well. I'm from Indonesia and then we have, you know, the students who live with us, they are from China and we have people from Chile and also from Zimbabwe. So it is just like, you know, very good to see that our church is getting more diverse. So during the Pentecost, the Jews celebrate the giving of the Torah on Mount Sinai as well as the grain uh, harvest for the summer. So interestingly, God used the Pentecost or the harvest festival to fulfill Christ's promise of the Holy Spirit to his disciples. So this event propelled the gospel to the ends of the earth because people from all over the world were in Jerusalem to celebrate the Pentecost. So it was the first Christian Pentecost, not the first Jewish Pentecost. So when Jesus' disciples were filled by the Holy Spirit, Peter started to preach and there was a revival. The church grew overnight and there were 3,000 of people that accepted Christ and were baptized that day. And then the most important thing that's the first church's growth that had created an expected kind of internationalism. So there are people from a lot of places, from more than 15 different places that gathered that day. I always wondered how it would feel to preach to thousands of people and then 3,000 of them 
say that they would like to accept Jesus. I never preached to thousands of people, by the way. So I would feel good and then feel a great of accomplishment. How would I grab everyone's attention? It is always very challenging to grab the kids' attention on Sunday because it was like, me, 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 you know, they all want to talk. So what kind of message would I preach to touch that many lives? And reading through the book of Acts chapter 2 and finding out the message that Peter preached, he started with an explanation that they were not drunk since some of people made fun of them when the disciples started speaking in different languages that the crowd understood, you know. If all of a sudden I, I preach in Indonesian and then you just like, oh, Bruce is preaching in English, you know. How would you feel? So, but some people thought that Peter and the rest of the disciples were drunk. And Peter addressed the crowd by quoting the prophet Joel that God would pour out his spirit on all people and everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be safe. And Peter didn't stop there. He started to share about Jesus Christ, the miracles and wonders that he did and were known by the people in the area. And Peter Peter preached about the crucifixion of Jesus, his death and resurrection. And he supported his message by the prophecy of King David from Psalm 16. And Peter also summed up his message that God has made this Jesus whom they crucified, both Lord and Messiah. And the people heard the message and their hearts were touched and they asked, brothers, what should we do? So that's the summary of from Acts chapter 2, 1 to 37. The message Peter preached was not a fancy one. And instead, it was a stumbling block for the Jews. And to make matters worse, Peter presented the death of Christ as having been caused by the audience. It's like he was preaching just like, oh, it was your fault that Jesus died. But he also said that it was the plan of God for Christ to die on the cross. We all feel bad when we hear a sermon full of condemnation. To be honest, during my sermon preparation, every time, I often think, will I offend someone if I'm preaching a certain type of sermon. You know, sometimes I'm scared. It's like, will the people, you know, come to me and complain and then you're not going to come to church anymore. But reading from the book of Acts and some of Paul's letters about the church, I'm once again reminded that a church can only grow if the gospel is preached. When the gospel is preached, there will be two types of responses. People will either be touched by the message, want to learn more, and then believe, or they can make fun of it. So the people who mocked the message during the Pentecost, they actually had experienced the miracle of the Holy Spirit. So experiencing a miracle 
isn't a guarantee that a person will accept Christ. My father was not a Christian, and he was not a Christian when he passed away, because he always said, "I need to see a miracle." You know. But experiencing a miracle isn't a guarantee that a person will accept Christ. When the message of God is rejected, we have to be reminded that whenever we follow God faithfully, we will face rejection. We have to know what we truly believe and what we should do after we believe. And Peter said, "But for those who believe, this is what he said: Acts chapter two, thirty-eight to forty-one. I'm going to read to to you." So Peter replied. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children, and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. With many other words, he warned them. And he pleaded with them, "Save yourself from this corrupt generation." Those who accepted his message were baptized, and about three thousand were added to the number that day. Acts chapter two thirty-eight to forty-one. So, how can the church grow? So, my topic is the church growth now and then. The first point from this, you know, verses, I'm saying that we have to. Taking or receiving the Holy Spirit in your faith seriously, taking or receiving the Holy Spirit in your faith seriously. The message of repentance and baptism isn't the message that we would love to hear every Sunday. How do you feel of just like repent? You know, if I just need to preach on repentance every week, I can do it. Because it will be easy. So, I believe the body of Christ will not grow either in numbers or in spiritual maturity if we don't confess our sins. Only those who are asking for God's forgiveness can receive the Holy Spirit. And I'm using the word "take" in my point. Even though the word "receive" is more appropriate, because according to an article that I read, the word "receive" is more dynamic, because it requires a relationship. Someone must be giving in order for someone to receive, so it involves thoughtfulness and engagement. And the reason I say it, the word "receive" is more appropriate because the Holy Spirit is given to us by God, and we didn't earn it. And taking is primarily one-person act. The only person required is the taker, because of that taker needs to be more active. So you have to take. Okay. So once you confess your sins, receive the Holy Spirit, actively taking the guidance of the Holy Spirit in your faith seriously. So that's why the the word take is used here on my point. It is not only a wordplay for me, so I can get the TGIF sermon point. You know, just like TGIF. You know, take in faith. And because of the word receive and take, I couldn't sleep for two days. 
I'm just like, take and receive. English is so complicated. <laughs> it's like, I cannot even start my sermon because of the take and receive. So why should we actively take the Holy Spirit in our face seriously? Because through the Holy Spirit, each believer can have a personal relationship with God, which allows each believer to live according to the Bible and to experience God in their life. The personal relationship with God isn't just only the subjective experience during the worship on Sunday or, on, or during daily devotional. Because sometimes, you know, I was a youth pastor before, and then I took the youth to go to the, you know, revival conference. And we just, oh, we experienced the Holy Spirit. It feels so good, you know. And then they come back and then just like, oh, you know, still show me attitude. So experiencing the Holy Spirit is not about your feeling. It is not only the feelings of God's presence, you know. But to have a relationship with God means that we are actively pursuing a Christian mind that informs our life and influences the decision we make and the way we behave every day. Last week, I had argument with my mother-in-law. And then he said, she said, you are not being a Christian right now. You should listen to Pastor George's sermon today. <laughs> it is it is difficult, you know, to behave like a Christian every day. So every day is about decision making. We can make godly decisions and we can also make poor decisions that will bring pain to ourselves or other people. Life was not easy before COVID, and it is even more difficult during COVID. Everyone in this room is carrying a heavy burden. This is the quote that my pastor from my former church always said. Remember that everyone you meet carries a heavy load. If you scratch just below the surface, you will find great pain. So be good to yourself and be kind to those you meet. Take the hand of a friend and the hand of your heavenly father and go in the love of Jesus. Celebrate and go in peace. You can see, you know, everyone looks fine in the room. But it's just that scratch, you know. Everyone is carrying a heavy burden. My heart was very heavy last Friday because my uncle who always lived with my mom and my family passed away after being sick for less than two weeks. So we were afraid it was COVID related, but perhaps it was not because my mom and my sister, they were tested negative. So the, the very sad thing was I couldn't be there for my mom and sister. I was helpless, sad and lonely. And also knowing that only three people went to the funeral due to COVID brought a lot of sadness since my uncle was always present for those who passed away in my neighborhood. So I felt the pain of all the people who have lost their family members this past one year. It is a very lonely situation. 
And then the pandemic is also causing spikes in mental health problems, breakups, broken relationships, divorce, addictions, and homelessness. I know we cannot just blame everything on the pandemic because sometimes our life will be difficult. Either the, the problems in our life were caused by natural disaster or other stupidity. You know, sometimes people make wrong decision and we are the one who have to carry the burden. So during this difficult time, hopefully our relationship with God can help us in making the right decision, overcoming all the obstacles and having peace. Because the Holy Spirit in the first Christian Pentecost not only manifested in miracle, but also gave the power to bear witness to the world. So we can only be the witness of the gospel if we confess our sin, receive the Holy Spirit, and have a personal relation with God by taking the Holy Spirit in our faith seriously and allowing God to be the Lord of our lives. We need to allow God to work in our life. I have to confess that I really need a lot of work in my life. I have a lot of anger toward people who hurt me. I know that I have to forgive. Even if I have forgiven, sometimes it's too difficult to forget. That's why I don't write a diary because I remember everything. You know, why should I keep looking back and remember all the things that people have done wrong to me? But I still remember. That's why I really need the Holy Spirit to heal me and to forgive and forget so I can really move on. Is there anything that you need to confess to God instead of neglecting the work of the Holy Spirit? Are you hurt by others' decisions that you cannot respond in a Christ-like way? What does our church need to confess so that we can be the blessing for the people who come here? So I would like you to spend some time here to allow God to work in our life. You can just spend 15 seconds to 30 seconds right now. If there is something that you need to confess, you know, just confess to God. If there is nothing that you need to confess, give thanks to him because he died for us. Let's spend 15 to 30 seconds. Just be quiet before the Lord. Dear Heavenly Father, please help us to take the Holy Spirit's guidance in our faith seriously and experience God's love and peace so that we can grow more mature in our spiritual life and our life can be used to proclaim God's good news. Without experiencing the Holy Spirit in our life, it is impossible to move to the second reason for church growth. So number one, taking and receiving the Holy Spirit in your faith seriously. Let me read from Acts chapter 2, 42 to 47. 
So they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostle. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Next. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. Praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. So how can we grow this church? Second point, giving in faith. So reading from these six, six verses, I sum up that giving in faith was the, one of the conditions for church growth. And you will say, now Ruth is going to preach about giving the church money. You know, that's actually the first response that I got from Chris on Thursday. I said, Chris, how can a church grow? He responded quickly, give money to the church. Giving money to the church won't hurt, but let's see what the Bible really says, okay? So there are four things that the believers did after they accepted Christ. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. They devoted themselves to fellowship, and they devoted themselves to the breaking of bread. They devoted themselves to prayer. And the word devoting is the same word as is used in connection with the persistent devotion of the disciples to prayer in Acts chapter 1, 14. So the word is used with the idea of persisting obstinately in something. So they are very persisting in the apostle teaching, fellowship, the breaking of the bread, prayer. And they actually needed to give over because of this persistence, being persistent, they actually needed to give over their time, effort, resources, money, and trust in God that God is going to take care of everything. Do we have the time and do we want to make the effort to do all these four things? Or are we too busy doing our own things? The first three are very easy for me because it kept me busy. One time in our summary course in Taiwan, the teacher just like, you know, let us read from an article. A lot of pastors, they don't spend a lot of time in prayers. And then I have also have to confess that I'm very busy, you know, go visit people, talk with people, have the fellowship, cook for them but not devote myself in a lot of prayer. So if we can do these four things, that would be great. We are not a church that belongs to God if we don't love to spend time to learn the truth. Considering that Jesus spent so much time teaching the crowd and his inner band of followers. We have to spend time knowing God's word so that we can always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks us to give the reason for the hope that we have. Okay. 
during the difficult time, people will see you. It's like, how can you still be so joyful even though your life is so difficult? As a Christian, as Christian, we are also called to participate in the fellowship of other Christians and the worship of God. Because during the fellowship time with other Christians, we spend time together getting to know each other needs and participating in the Lord's Supper by breaking the bread to remind us the faith that we share. And through praying for one another, we lift up the needs of our brothers and sisters by encouraging one another. The believers in the book of Acts gather every day. Just like if, they, if you all gather every day, I will be so busy. You know. And they gather every day. They had fellowship with glad and sincere hearts. And from those daily meetings, they found out the needs of other believers. And some of them sold their property to give to anyone who had needs. I just want to emphasize, it is not forced sharing, okay? And I actually understand why they did that because they had been blessed and they wanted to bless others as well. Because of being a Christian, I've been blessed by the generosity of other Christians who came into my life in different stages. All these Christians aren't related by blood. And some of them are not even from the same country as mine. But we have something in common that we are related by the redemption blood of Christ. Because of their giving and love, I was not homeless in this country and could continue my studies. So I'm forever grateful and I also want to be used by God to bless others. We cannot love if we are not loved first. So I remember this woman that I met at a conference and then he, she found out about my difficulties. And then she said, Ruth, you know, I have a husband who takes care of me. You don't have a husband. And then I, I so she, she did her internship at her church and she only got $500 a month. And then she said, Ruth, I'm going to give you $250 for two years every month, $250. Because... I just met her at a conference. So this is my hopeful connection church. That for the people who enter this building will see that there is the love of God here and that we love one another. This church is not perfect. We went through difficulty this year, you know. And um, if you are still praying to decide what church to go and you happen to come here today, please pray that God will allow you to see the needs of this church as well as what can this church offer for you. Connection Church is a small church. We only have a little over 100 people who meet in person and online. But we have more than 1,000 people in our database because those people were the people who came to our church through all the community events. So we have 
a little over 100 people. We have good programs, but they are not too fancy. Or worship services with whole band, you know, we still don't have the whole band. But we, as a church, are very grateful for Imbia Collection, who come here and lead the worship every week since April. So we are very grateful. We need a lot of your participation to grow this church together. And I'm grateful for all of you who have served selflessly from greeting people, helping with Sunday service, making coffee. You know, we have to have, you know, thank Mar for that. Building the community garden, mowing the lawn, helping with the children, fixing the building, being a good steward by making decisions on how to spend money wisely and always being ready to grill when we have barbecue, praying for one another and reaching out to those in need. And then if you cannot come in person, but have been joining us online, your prayers are also appreciated so much. Next week, we are going to celebrate our new board member, Elle, and the incredible work of Barbara and Rich leading our care ministry. So we are very grateful for all of you. And we hope you can join us because they have taught a lot of life here at Connection Church. So in closing, let us remember that we will grow if we take and give in faith. T-G-I-F. Take in faith, grow, give in faith. Okay. And may the Lord add to the numbers, those who are being saved, and that may we have the privilege to witness his work here. I really hope that, you know, there, are, there will be more Christian and non-Christian who can come here and be baptized and receive the Lord. And how can we grow the church together? We have to allow the Holy Spirit to work in our life, take in the Holy Spirit, give in faith. Let us pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much that we are called your children. Thank you for your redemption. And thank you that we can come together today to have the fellowship with the other believers to encourage one another. God, please bless this church. This church has all the resources that we can use to bless other people in this neighborhood. We have the beautiful building. We are in the best location. Help us that we can be ready when people come in this building, that we can show them your love. Thank you, Father, for everything. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.